Welcome to Love Bites. Love Bites. Love Bites. By Dr. Tara, your destination for sexual wellness and mindful relationship advice. Hope you're having an orgasmic day. Massages can be sexually arousing. Upgrade your foreplay with an amazing massage candle by Maud. It's body safe and skin softening. Once melted and extinguished, it can be poured on the skin. And let the fun begin. Check out the link in this episode's description and have an orgasmic time. Bisexuality. Bicurious? Heteroflexible? Gosh, there's so many terms out there. Uh, today, uh, I have a special guest, and this is my friend, and she is here to candidly share her experience about uh, the difficult transition from dating men to dating women and talking about bisexuality and the society view of it and also the media. So hello, Mirabella. Hey, Dr. Tara. It is so amazing to be here. I will say I'm a little bit nervous because um, I'm usually the one that's uh, interviewing people. So to start off, I guess I'll introduce myself. My name is Mirabelle Sias, and I'm the host of the CSUF podcast. I'm 21 and I'm from the wonderful city of West Covina, California. West Covina. What is that TV show that she's from West Covina? (laughs) Crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, she goes like West Covina, California. And that's the only place that people know us from. It's hilarious. It's you sound amazing. You sound like a Disney princess. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. That's like the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay, so Mirabella, I am so honored that you're here to share your personal experience because it is my goal in life to normalize <laughs> sex talks of all kinds of topics. <laughs> Definitely. I'm really excited to tell you um, about kind of the interesting transition that I took to because I was dating men all of my life. And I started dating when I was like 14, had my first kiss with a boy. I fell in love at like 16 with a man and had like a very tumultuous, like crazy romantic relationship um, with a person who was overseas. So we were together for about two years and broke up. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to have sex with other people. I've had this relationship for two years and was just, you know, having sex with men, dating men. And then I start, started to struggle with um, like, maybe like going into watching lesbian porn. I was like, I wanted to just see what that felt like for me. And I actually really enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, maybe this means that I'm open to other things, open to other opportunities with women. I went on a date with a woman and it didn't go very well. So it kind of shut me down. And I was like, well, I guess I don't like women. And I wanted to. So this started with your just curiosity browsing like Pornhub or whatever. I don't want to give them an app. So maybe not them. (laughs) (laughs) But so scrolling like through porn and like, "Eh, I'm going to watch a lesbian porn and then watching it and feeling like sexual. Did you feel any kind of arousal in your body? Yeah, I did. Like, I remember like the first time that I started feeling like the butterfly effect, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like um, down there, I guess, was when I was like thinking about women, honestly. So I've never really had like crushes on like male celebrities. I always had crushes on like Zendaya when she was younger or, you know, like women like that. So I was like, okay, maybe just let me start like looking at porn. And um, 
I was like, it, it just helped me kind of get off a little bit better, just like watching women. And then sometimes like watching men made me a little bit uncomfortable. So yeah, like I just felt more aroused like watching women when I was watching porn. But I didn't think that that meant that I was bisexual. I didn't think that that meant that I had feelings for women. I just thought I was like maybe a little sexually attracted to women. And then I met my girlfriend <laughs> um, as I was dating a lot of men at the time. But I had to like open myself up and realize that maybe I could have another opportunity with a woman. And she completely like changed my life. How did you meet? So she's my neighbor. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. tell so us the I story. So I was just walking around my neighborhood and um, I saw her dog and I was like, oh my God, that's such a cute dog. And it bit me. <laughs> it straight up came up and like bit me. And I was like, oh my God, you know, it like hurt. And I was like, oh, okay. And then um, we ended up just kind of being friends off of that. And we just kept hanging out more. And I realized that like, whenever she came over and we were just hanging out, like I never wanted her to leave. Like we would just sit there and talk for hours and it would be like, I never, ever want you to leave my presence. Aww. She told me that she was a lesbian and I didn't realize, like, I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's, that's cool. Um, I had never really had like a best friend that was a lesbian before, but you know, I didn't really let it like phase me or anything like mm -hmm. that. Um, so she ended up expressing to me that she had feelings for me. And I was like, whoa. I didn't think that I could like be in a relationship with a woman and I didn't want to break our friendship. Like we were just so close that I didn't want it to break. And was she like, I really like you. I want us to be more than friends. She didn't actually, she expressed her feelings to me and she was like, okay. And you can do whatever you want with that. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I feel like the reason why we got together was because she never pushed me. Mm -hmm. She let me explore myself and date other people. And unfortunately, like she had to kind of watch that happen. Mm -hmm. And, but she always let me do what I needed to do before she like put her feelings in front of me and like almost forced me. Like she never forced me into anything. It was great. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how our relationship happened. Oh, that's cute. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to that transition Uh, were there moments that felt difficult dating men all the time and then uh, started to date a woman? It was very abrupt. So it kind of like I ended something with a man that I was dating at the time. And then I started dating Michaela. Mm -hmm. So, or Kayla, sorry. <laughs> sorry that I just like said her name, but yeah, Michaela. So <laughs> I started dating her um, very, very quickly. And I realized that... Um, I was like, I couldn't lose out on penetrative sex. That was where the issues really started because I was like, I still want to have penetrative sex, but obviously like this is a person who does not have a penis. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit difficult, right? But you knew like you, she can wear a strap on. Yeah, but I wasn't, I was open to that, but I didn't realize like, because obviously like it's um, a little bit different from yes. what I was used to. Mm -hmm. So a lot different, a lot different. It's a lot different. I will say, yeah. but now it doesn't like phase me anymore, which is interesting. So literally once we got together and said that we were like dating, we like went straight to hustlers in West Covina, shout out hustlers in West Covina. That's the spot. <laughs> That's the spot for real. Um, right. <laughs> so, um, we went to hustlers in West Covina and, uh, we like decided to like buy a strap on for the first time and it fell off like multiple times. So that was a little difficult. Yeah. But once we really like got into the group of things and started expressing each other to each other, like how we were feeling, especially with my difficulties, um, 
you know, things got a little better. And now we have a different strap on that works really, really well. So very, very happy with that. Um, other difficulties that I had when we first started dating was that um, I was so nervous about dating a woman because I feel like I know my way around men. All right. I've dated a lot of men. I know my way around it. I've read Cosmo all my life, you know, like <laughs> I, I know my way around dick a little. All right. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. the thing is like, because of all of that, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm an expert at this point. And then I move on to a whole nother person and like with new androgynous zones, new body parts. And I was completely lost. And I didn't know how to go about like eating someone out or even like how to touch somebody's breast correctly. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was scary. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous in the times that we were, we were trying to have sex that I wouldn't always get like as aroused as I wanted to. I was just so in my head and so nervous that like it wasn't always happening. And I, sometimes I wasn't wet enough. We would have to use a lot of lube. And Michaela literally looked at me and was like, Maribel, are you sure that you like girls? Like, are you sure? And I understand that that can sound like it hurts. I understand that. But I think I was so insecure and she was insecure because I had just dated so many men Mm -hmm. and she watched me date these men to Mm -hmm. then immediately be with her. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, she was like skeptical and is like, I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to be an experiment. And I never wanted Michaela to feel like that. Right. So eventually, like we and we talked this out, we kind of like went through a couple exercises and I kind of had to just open myself up to new experiences mm-hmm. and be open to enjoying the moment with her and not thinking about my past experiences with men and how they would hold me back. And how did you do that? How did you learn to enjoy the sexual intimate moments with her more? So I actually had to listen to a lot of podcasts and I had to um, like really rethink what lesbian sex looked like or female to female sex, what that looked like. Mm -hmm. So I listened to a lot of female driven podcasts about how to use a strap on, how to eat somebody out or look (laughs) somebody out as like she says, or um, how to just enjoy like the, a woman's body. Cause I'm, I wasn't used to that. I was so used to enjoying like a man's body that I wasn't used to enjoying a woman's. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun, like listening and hearing these tips and being like, okay, I can touch her here. Or something that I learned too, is like to put pressure on like her, her vagina, like as it's uh-huh. happening um, to give her like enjoyment. Like it's like almost like it's rubbing on her. Like are my, you, my knee is rubbing on her. About like oral sex or are you talking about when you do strap on? No, that's not even, that's, that's, what's so cool. So like, I'll be on top of her. Right. And I can just like put my knee between her legs so that Ah. she can feel it. And then Uh it's like that it's like grinding almost, but Uh you know, like female to female, it's a lot of fun. It's great. And those, those are just the little things and we can do that with clothes on. We can do that without clothes on there. It's like a whole new world that I like completely now I'm experiencing and it's really exciting and fun. Yeah. Uh, so you know, as much as I know a lot of people hate talking about labels and what's the point, I think there's still like half of the world, you know, operating on organizing information and labeling things. Right. So like, how do you feel now? Do you feel like you're bisexual? Do you feel like you're a lesbian? Like, how do you feel now? It changes every single day. I refuse, I literally like, I refuse to be put in like a box where it has to be like, oh yeah, like this is my label today. You know, I'll go up to somebody and I'll be like, hi, I'm gay or hi, I'm queer. 
or hi, I'm bisexual. Hi, I'm pansexual. Because if it's how I feel that day, like it it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. You know, I do still have and know that I could have feelings for a man and be with a man, but I'm also extremely in love with my girlfriend. And that's just how it is. I don't want to label myself because I don't have to. That's something else that somebody wants to put upon me and be like, oh, this is who you are. And make it easier to identify you. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it easier to identify me. And I'm like, no girl, this is my life. Let me live it. Yes. Uh So Uh that's how I feel. Like I don't, anything, anything is fine. The umbrella term is fine. The umbrella term would be queer, right? Yes. That's the umbrella term. Yeah. Uh, Queer. And would you say in terms of, you know, sexual sexuality, like pansexual? Yes. What do you think about that term? I think the future is pansexual 100%. Like Mm -hmm. the more that there's more education on LGBTQ Mm -hmm. um, people Mm -hmm. and just the lifestyle, I feel like Gen Z and the, um, oh my gosh, the generation after, mm-hmm. uh, after us is going to be mostly like going into that queer realm where it doesn't really matter what, a, what gender identity you are mm-hmm. or what sex you are. It matters mm-hmm. what type of person you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, what's really great about that. Wow. Uh, well said. That was Thank beautiful. You. Yeah. Thank you. What matters is what kind of person you are yeah, and uh, your character and what you stand for, like Absolutely. the good, the goodness in you, not like who you fuck really. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> or who you fall in love with or you, who, who you decide to have a relationship with. I'm so shocked that that's still a huge factor in how other people judge other people instead mm-hmm. of just being a good person. You know, like I don't care what sexual orientation you are. If you're a horrible person, you're a horrible person. Absolutely. (laughs) Your sexual orientation has nothing to do with who you are in daily life. Uh, At the end of the day, we all just have to be nice and kind to each other, you know, and that's really all that matters, I think. But I wanted to I wanted to put something on the idea of bisexuality and what mm-hmm. what people think it means. So I just wanted to say that there is a common conception in this idea that mm-hmm. you kind of choose who you're attracted to when you're bisexual or you d- identify as bisexual. And people think that you're selfish because you can pick and choose who you want to be with. But in this case, I don't think that that's true. I think that it chooses you mm-hmm. really. Like, I feel like no matter what if you have feelings for a person, it comes on to you and it doesn't matter what gender identity they are. Your heart chooses first mm-hmm. and whoever's heart you can melt with is the best feeling on the entire planet. So yeah, just wanted to say that. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Your heart. And I think that's so true. And, you know, I love that you're speaking about this and for my listeners who are you know in their uh 30s 40s even 50s may feel like oh my gosh this is just like kids talking (laughs) maybe maybe you forgot about that maybe you're older and you know with the life with the responsibilities with kids with bills you forget about the heart yeah it's not really talked about and play and all the other fun things yes. that younger people didn't haven't forgotten to do. 
Mm -hmm. like the dancing in the street that's what me and my girlfriend do all the time like we'll dance in the street at night with like no music on Mm -hmm. and we'll just start dancing and it's the funnest thing it's beautiful it really is and it's really just like the amount of vulnerability that we're both able to have with each other totally and And it doesn't matter what age you are you should be dancing on it I hate saying should but really you should be (laughs) without thinking oh my god people are gonna judge me people are gonna think I'm immature who cares Mm-hmm. You love your life and you choose to live the life that you choose. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. So uh, I wanted to, you know, pull up some definitions here in case my listeners are a little confused with all these things that we're saying. So um, according to WebMD, and it's been medically reviewed by Dan Brennan, MD. <laughs> Come on, Dan. <laughs> Let's go, Dan. Uh, bisexuality is an attraction to more than one gender. Those who identify as bisexual feel asexual and or romantic. So there's a difference, sexual, romantic, attraction to people of a different gender as well as their own. But then I'm like, okay, well, then what's pansexual? Mm -hmm. Uh, So what is the difference between pansexual and bisexual? Bisexuality is often confused with pansexuality, which is uh, pansexuality is when someone is attracted to all genders, including, not limited to, cisgender, transgender, agender, non-binary, and other gender non-conforming individuals. So I think at the end of the day, it might just come down to the like by being like, oh, I'm attracted to men and women versus pan is I'm attracted to everyone, possibly, mm-hmm. right? Not saying everyone that exists, but like if you feel drawn to there's like not a lot of blockage what do you think about it i think that people are comfortable saying even though they really are not but people are comfortable more saying bisexual because pansexual Mm -hmm. is a newer term like bisexual is an older term and even though there is definitely social stigma in which we'll talk about great uh, stigma for bisexuality but like bi like bisexual as a term has existed and been talked about like in society for much, much, much longer than pansexual. Mm -hmm. I think older people, maybe, you know, older millennials or the generation previous to millennials are uncomfortable with pansexual. Hmm. Why? That's the truth. Well, because it's different and it's a big change. (laughs) You know, it's a, well, another term for another thing, right? And you hear this all the time with people who are uh, resisting change, mm-hmm. saying things like, why there are so many terms? But I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many terms there are. Like if you're uh, an open-minded person, you'll say, you know what, whatever, I'll learn. Yeah, absolutely. You have the capacity to have one more word. Come on, Karen. That growth mindset. <laughs> Come on, Karen. <laughs> yeah, like just one more word. Like, you know, it's it's like who it's someone lives that lives on this earth really mm-hmm. strongly feeling like that term. Why would you take that away from uh, people just because you don't want to learn another term? Like to me, like, you know, I'm not a pansexual, but I'll easily say pansexual and speak about pansexuality uh, because it's another thing that people enjoy. Why not? It's another way to identify that's like not as doesn't have as much barriers as let's say like 
bisexual because bisexual I feel like is gendered and then pansexual is like less gendered. Mm -hmm. It's more like I'm attracted to more people and it's more Mm well-rounded. Not that there's a good or bad to either of them, but. Right. And I love it. Like pile on all the love and sexual energy, like any term works. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Let's talk about the society and why do you think society invalidates bisexuality? Hmm. Well, I guess I'll start with the way that I used to view it. So um, when I first met my girlfriend, she told me that she was bisexual. I later found out that she um, identified as a lesbian, but I feel like that's um, your identities can change as you like figure out more things about yourself. So at first she told me that she was bisexual. And the first thing I thought was, oh, so you're straight. And that was like a script that I had. And now I identify as bisexual. So I feel like society has this stigma, like I was saying before, that bisexuality can make you be or look selfish because you can kind of move between boxes. You can have sex with a woman or you can have sex with a man, right? But again, I truly do feel like it chooses you. And if I was not able to open myself up and have a open mind to what was right in front of me, I wouldn't be as happy as I am right now. If I was thinking about what my parents thought about, you know, what my immigrant parents thought that are like, oh, you've been dating all of this, these men, and now you're just dating a woman. And uh-huh. my dad, my dad was like, Mija, yeah. you know, that's not my cup of tea. He's Mexican. Uh-huh. That's not my cup of tea, but you can do whatever you want. And that really? was like, what? Sweet. Right. Isn't that crazy that like, you know, but I will say like at first I started coming out and like maybe other people can feel like this too. I started coming out um, as, and I think I said I was bisexual like a couple of times throughout my childhood. Cause I knew that I was like feeling things for women. This I knew is to your parents. This is to my like parents in, in your family. You were saying, I think I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was as and a teen. As a teen. Yeah. Literally as a teen. And some of my family members were like, no, you're not. They were like, no. And I feel like a lot of people have that experience where people are just like, no, you're either gay or you're straight. There's no in between. And I feel like that's so unfair because it's not leaving this gray area for questioning people or what we were talking about before, like heteroflexible people mm-hmm. that enjoy having sex with women, but maybe, you know, um, can't have a relationship with them or haven't explored a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there is a lot of stigma that invalidates bisexuality or pansexuality. It's really invalidating, but I feel like as a community, maybe we can change that stigma and say, okay, if somebody says they're bisexual, don't say like, oh, you're straight or, oh, you're just gay. Say like, okay, there's a gray area, you know, think, think more ahead, have a more open mind there. Mm-hmm. Having an open mind is so necessary. And especially with, you know, uh, people, my generation, right? I'm an older millennial, like start having kids. And I mean, some of my friends have older kids now, like, you know, kids that are in, uh, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade. And they're, they're afraid my, some of these friends that have kids, they're afraid that in this new world, or I don't know, sometimes I think it's a, it's <laughs> that so language is so the interesting. way they say it. It's so drastic too. Uh, but like, you know, well, like there's so many terms now. Why can't we just stick to, you know, whatever it is. And I, I just think at the end of the day, if your kid is happy 
and is someone who lives a happy life, who pursues what uh, they desire in terms of their personal preference as well as career, and is flourishing. Is a human that's flourishing. Do you care like who they bring home? Absolutely. Right. Like that's always like, that's my thought. It's like when my child decides whatever uh, in terms of romantic and sexual relationships, I'll just go with it because whatever you do, as long as you're flourishing, I'm happy. See, and that's great. There's already so many things that put barriers on people, especially the young people when they're trying to find themselves. And that's part of a reason why I feel like we're, you know, the anxiety age, you know, everyone is so anxious and, you know, suffers for a lot more people suffer from depression Mm -hmm. and imagine putting barriers on somebody's sexuality to help them flourish. Like I completely agree that, you know, that open mind idea is extremely important to just helping young people like me Mm -hmm. find themselves Mm -hmm. because that's going to create happiness. Just that presentness, that, connection towards oneself and saying, this is who I am. That confidence is extremely difficult when you have barriers on you. Gosh, uh, let's talk about that. So Mm -hmm. confidence to me, to me, you seem like a very confident person. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I get that a lot, actually. How do you feel inside? How I feel inside about my confidence. So it depends. Um, I really work on it. So even like before this interview, I was really nervous and I was like, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? Because who's going to want to care about some little like Gen Z 12 year old being like, I'm bisexual, you know, like, you know, I I don't know if people are going to care about that. And maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it's this like inner monologue that I've created. That's like, I am amazing. I'm beautiful. I'm talented. Mm-hmm. And continuing to say these things has really helped me, like those affirmations and especially um, like meditation. We talked a lot about meditation. Um, me and Tara have been friends for a second. So we talked a lot about um, meditation and that's been extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I do have these like very anxious thoughts. Like sometimes when I don't do well in a social conversation, I'll beat myself up for it because I, I take my like social um, I take my social like standing or like the way that I talk to people very seriously because mm-hmm. I want to be nice to people, kind to people and, you know, help bring them up. But, um, you know, when I don't do well, like I get very, very anxious and I have to like write it out and be like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's all right to make mistakes. And I think that that discourse of being like, it's okay to make mistakes and learn from them has really helped with my confidence and my style. I love a lot of my confidence comes from my style um, and my clothing because I really have found who I am through it. And it changes every day. It really does change. But yeah, so that's what I would say. Like confidence to me is like. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Uh, That's beautiful. I think that confidence means and it manifests differently for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, And how one increases oneself, like one's own confidence level is very personal to them. But Mm -hmm. I think that there are accepted, like universally accepted practices that have been proven by research to help with confidence. And you literally just said the two things. Really? Nice. Positive self-talk. Positive self-talk is found in psychology research time and time again, how much it helps build confidence in different areas of your life. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you think you're not good enough, if you if you say you're not good enough, you say, oh, yeah, I'm just not good at that. Uh, for example, 
my current partner at the beginning when we started dating he would always say like i'm just not good at communication especially sexual communication like i'm just not a good communicator i said i want you to stop saying that you're not good at communication because you are doing what you're doing is called negative self-talk mm-hmm. and it's a negative cycle you say you're not good at something then you're not good at something But that just, is so then you cool. Get, it gets worse. So I tell him like, please, you know, do this for me. I don't want you to say you're not good at communication. I think you're great at improving, and you're improving at such a good rate. Uh, things are going well. So please, when I communicate with you, communicate back. When I sexually communicate with you, communicate back. And then this will make you feel more comfortable, and then you'll feel you're uh, you're a great communicator. And now, uh, like. You know, last night when I asked him, uh, "Do you feel like you're a good communicator?" He's like, "Hell yeah, I'm an excellent communicator." Right? So you know, <laughs> it took a while, but I think the positive self-talk is so 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 important. Uh, I once watched a TED talk that uh, this person was saying, "You know, your brain literally is like a, a really amazing computer." And it's like computing at all times. So even the shit you say to yourself, it's computing. Hmm. So you may think, oh, no one knows this, but it is computing. You know this, huh. right? That's why I always ask people, how do you feel inside, like about your confidence? Not whatever you're projecting that I can observe, but how do you feel? Uh, I see. Yeah, because I, it's so internal. I love the way that you have kept your partner accountable yeah. because you're like. Sometimes you just need that push, and I will say that a great support system and family system has ex- has helped me tremendously, because no matter what I do, and I'm ex- I'm so lucky for this, my family's like great job, amazing, yeah. right? And that's awesome. And I feel like it's so cool to hear that that's the way that you are with your partner, because that's the way that I'm with my partner. She'll oh. say something that's like, oh, like. Maybe I'm not good at this, or I don't feel so good about myself. I don't look good, and I'm like, stop it! I hate when you say stuff like that. Like that's not true. Like you know that's not true, you know? Because I feel like the, you're right. The things that we say to to ourselves projects um, externally mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's how I feel too. Awesome! Uh, thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you. We talked earlier, and you said there is a common misconception in society mm-hmm. that you choose. Who you are attracted to? Why do you say that's a misconception? Um, because I think that it's a journey, and that you have no idea who's going to come into your life at a specific time, and you don't know. I feel like the person who you are changes throughout that journey. And who you meet, like it almost like they they attract you. And when you fall in love, sometimes it's a person that you had no idea was was there, right? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like shouts at you without you you hearing it, mm-hmm. and it almost chooses you, like the person who you're meant to be with, the person who like makes your heart just glow. Might not always look the the way that you want to. You know, or it may not be the person that you thought that you were going to be with, and that's why I feel like it doesn't choose you. I feel, I mean, um, you don't choose who you're attracted to or who you want to be with. It chooses you. It comes to you like full throttle with like a freight train, and you can't shake it off. There's people that I know who have been in relationships that have 
broken and, you know, they're still so attracted to each other and can't get rid of each other. And that magnetism, it, it doesn't choose you. Like, I mean, you don't choose that. It chooses you. Mm-hmm. Like it just comes to you and there's nothing you can do to like break that apart. You know, it's just really there and strong. So yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that. I like that you share that perspective because mm-hmm. people uh, perhaps generally think like, yeah, of course you choose like, oh, I'm attracted to this person. Like, no, uh, there's a precursor to that. Yeah. Like that aura, that light, that energy is in the room. That's why you say you're attracted to them. Mm-hmm. They chose you like this energy chose you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it drew you in and now you're attracted to them. Right. And that's insane because mm-hmm. you have and no it, idea when it comes in. You have no idea. And, you know, talking about like long term relationships, too. I've mm-hmm. uh, witnessed couples who lost that light, that energy, that attraction. But I've also witnessed couples that still have that very much. And it's uh, it's very hopeful. Like my partner's parents, they're in there. I think they're in the late 60s. And I think I think one of them is 70. And they're just so in love. I love that. Yeah. That probably takes a lot of work though. It, oh, I'm that probably sure. takes a lot of work. I mean, they've been together, I I I, I think 30 years. Jeez. At least, at least 30 years. It's beautiful. And when when I'm with them, I feel like it's so it's hopeful. It gives you hope for you and your yeah, partner. There's so much energy around them. They hold hands, they like joke. Um it's, <laughs> so adorable and it gives me hope and i always tell people that it's completely possible uh because there's so many hopeless people out there and if you look at my tiktok you'll see it because i ask people you know uh would you just stop having sex or would you be in a sexless marriage or sexless relationship uh or would you uh, or like, do you care about sex? Like, do you prioritize it in your relationship? Right. I often ask these questions and uh, there's thousands of people that perhaps respond things like, uh, nope, it doesn't happen anymore. Like kind of just accept it, which uh, <laughs> breaks my heart, but it is what they choose, right? It's, yeah. you know, your daily life and the things you choose to do is what you choose to do. You're right. If you choose to not be intimate with each other, I feel like we should all hold ourselves accountable in that part rather than just like, well, they don't want to have sex with me. Right. What like, I like what that are you, said you that. doing to enhance this experience? Right. Also. I like that you said holding ourselves accountable too, because it does take so much work. It takes those little things and like really thinking about the way that your partner is feeling and caring about that. Mm-hmm. caring about the little things that your partner cares about. Like, for example, like Michaela knows that I love flowers and every two, two weeks, she'll just show up at my door with flowers, mm-hmm. like just little things like that, because she takes notice mm-hmm. and that's fabulous. Like somebody who's going to take notice about what makes you happy and want to continue to do that for you. And I do the same things for her. I cook for her when she's sick or I'll walk over there and like make her food and just like go to the doorstep, you know? Yeah. It's just those things to showcase that I care and that we care about each other. And it takes a lot of work because it's not like it's out of nowhere. You have to put all of this effort in and it's, but I think it's, it's worth it at the end of the day to continue this light and this beautiful 
like aura that you keep with another person, you know? Yeah. 100%. Uh, before this call, I was just talking to a therapist and I mean, oh, nice. uh, she's worked in therapy for a long, long time. And, you know, there's people who have been uh, married 10, 20 years that would listen to this conversation that we're having and say, well, that's just uh, being too idealistic or naive. What do you mm-hmm. say about that? <laughs> I think Which that I was like older that. people say like, Oh, that like, that doesn't happen. Try introducing kids bills, like mortgages and this and that, like, you know, that doesn't just happen. Uh, what do you say to that? Mm-hmm. I think that I used to be like that, um, a couple like years ago where I was like, I didn't never wanted to get married. And I was like, I don't think that there's going to be anybody in this world. That's going to make me not want to look at other people, or that's going to like, make me put less in my career for them or like something like that. Right. And then I kind of realized that connections like this, like the, just the amount of care that you have for a person, like you don't find that everywhere and you have to realize and appreciate what you have. Mm -hmm. And for people who maybe believe that this is idealistic, I agree. It's probably sounds like that. Mm-hmm. but to me, this just feels like life. Like it doesn't feel like idealistic at all. I understand that it would probably sound like that, like maybe an eye roll, but it just feels like, right. Mm-hmm. And it gives like, me hope, continue to hope for the future almost. And yeah, yeah sorry. You were going to say something. I like that you said putting in the effort. And I think that's what people in long-term relationships can learn, relearn is that, Perhaps you forgot uh, to put in the effort in terms of intimacy and, you know, in, in all aspects of intimacy, right? Like emotional intimacy, intellectual intimacy, spiritual intimacy, and of course, sexual intimacy. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps that effort is gone. And um, also just being grateful. I think like just being grateful for yeah. your partner to remember that you should be grateful for the relationship that you created over time. Yeah. And maybe it's like a little harder because obviously you have kids, you have a mortgage, you have, you know, like a car payment or a house payment, you know, like things are difficult, obviously, but don't you want a person that's going to be there and be like, dang, like this is really hard, but at least we're doing it together. And like to have that continued support system together, I think is so valuable. And if you fall, that person's going to catch you, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I think needs to be remembered that no matter what, like the person next to you is going to be there to help you and you have to be grateful for them and they have to be grateful for you. Mm -hmm. It has to be mutual, just gratitude for your life and your future together. Cause even though you are in this part or like whatever, you know, you still have like maybe like 50, 60, a hundred years left together. Like, aren't you like be happy for with what you've created. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. I think gratitude is a huge part of feeling happy within a relationship. Yeah. Forget, so uh, uh, how grateful you are to be with this person. Then other thing, other negative things come in when you forget that. I think so too. Uh, I really I wanted so to too. talk about before we go uh, sure. bisexuals in the media because mm-hmm. we talked about bisexuality before and you said the media hasn't been very kind when it comes to bisexuality. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
I feel like bisexuals have been seen as like cheaters or they're in a love triangle where they just end up with a man. One of the most famous um, bisexual representation that I can remember or um, is from the L word. So her name is Jenny. And there have been numerous amounts of threads um, on Reddit, on Twitter, Instagram, all hating this bisexual character because she cheats. Um, she's overall like very strange. She actually gets killed off in the L word um, in the last season. And people were like, happy to see your go. Bye queen. See ya. Like they were like done. Oh, and um, it's like in, even in queer media, it feels like we're an outlier. Like bisexuals are just an outlier. They're not really seen or validated. Mm-hmm. Um, and because like, OK, let's let's t- let's say a famous TV show is there's always like a gay person or a lesbian person, but mm-hmm. rarely a bi person, it, even just representation. Yeah. Right. Like modern rarely. family. There's the gay couple, um, the newer shows. What are some newer shows? That have hmm, oh well, there's that uh, new uh, Sex and the City, right? New episodes where uh, as Miranda is with that boring, um, yeah. I don't know. She maybe I now identify as a lesbian or bi curious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't finish the 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 series. Did you finish it? <laughs> I did. She actually ends up moving to Los Angeles with um chase spoiler alert oh my god spoiler. oh my god i will put it in there i'll put it in I'm the show so- notes oh my gosh sorry okay. so um, she like re-identified herself and now she's in she's in love with this person yeah but what's and that's great i would have loved to see miranda like have this amazing like arc where she like falls in love with a woman and like completely changes her identity and like explores herself and finds happiness in it the only issue is that she cheats on Steve. She yeah. cheats on her longtime l- beloved partner that the series creators and even um, a bunch of fans are obsessed with. They love that relationship. Yeah. They love Steve. It's it was so like, real. It was. It was so real. And to be honest, I feel like Miranda in Sex and the City is one of the most relatable characters. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she is. She really is. She's the one with the most embarrassing moments. She's the one that's like a career woman that I can right. really relate to. Right. And she has like those long periods of time where she doesn't have sex and is extremely uncomfortable in her own body. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then like there was a time I remember she was masturbating and then there was like a Virgin Mary in her room or something. <laughs> or like her her housekeeper like gave her like a Virgin Mary yeah. <laughs> a little statue. <laughs> she was masturbating. It was so funny. I, I completely agree. And now that they kind of introduce her to become either like bi or lesbian now that like she cheats on someone i know and that's so sad like i would have loved to see maybe i mean sadly unfortunately like if they like if her and steve broke up first and then it was like okay our relationship was on the rocks we already filed the divorce papers and then she meets that person i feel like it would have been a much better more fun real life story right. that d- that doesn't look bad on bisexual pansexual media because like there's cheating barely on people any, all the time yeah there's barely any representation in general so there, i was gonna ask that yeah so there's actually one that i've um one show that i've watched recently called atypical um who where they um the sister of the main character um has a relationship with a man for most of the series and then she meets um, a girl and they end up like falling in love. And what's great is there's no cheating involved. Right. There's like none of that. Right. Um, I think that 
um, she just said she like breaks up with him amicably and then gets together with this girl. And it's just very nice to see like this um, great arc for a bisexual character that also validates her love for a man while also validating her love for a woman. Uh, You can be both at two different times. You can do both at two different times. And I don't see that that being a problem, you know, and that was really fun and interesting to see. And I really enjoyed that. Loving should never be a problem. Exactly. Awesome. I want to move forward to our last segment of the show, which is 10 quickies with Dr. Tara. That sounds hot. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's go. I'm going to give you a word. You give me a response back. Got it. All right. Number one, porn. Awesome. Number two. Detrimental a little. Sorry. (laughs) Number two, insecurity. Mm. Everyone has it. Number three, sexual confidence. Extremely important in life. Number four, using a vibrator while having penetrative sex. The best hack ever. (laughs) (laughs) I love the passion. Number five, tantric sex. So much fun. I really like it. Number six, threesomes. Open, but not with my girlfriend. (laughs) Number seven, alpha males. Ew. (laughs) Number eight, astrological relationship advice. If you're a Sagittarius, don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm a Virgo, by the way. I have no I love idea what it means as in a, in a relationship, but I feel like a Virgo. <laughs> Number nine, bisexual. Feels like me. Hi. <laughs> and last but not least, number 10, feminine energy. It can change. You can go between feminine and masculine energy. I feel like for me personally, I hope this isn't a very long um, answer, but I've really enjoyed androgyny Mm -hmm. and finding my androgynous self and feeling feminine one day and then feeling masculine one day and showing that through my clothing, showing that through my energy. It's a lot of fun. And I highly recommend playing with it because it's not singular. All right. Well, I like that you say I highly recommend play with it. Playing with most things is fun. True. You're right. Yeah. And we (laughs) as adults forget to play in life. So let's play more. Yes, exactly. And have an optimistic attitude. Why not? Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Mirabella, for being here and sharing your candid story today. Thank you so much. This has been an honor. And honestly, like I look up to you so much. So the fact that you allowed me to be on this podcast to talk about my personal experience, it means everything to me. Thank you so much, Tara. Thank you for being you and for doing what you're doing. I love it. Thank you. And I will have the podcast, your podcast links in the show notes as well and other links I want to share. Wonderful. Follow um, at CSUF official um, to learn more about the CSUF podcast. Uh, It's a wonderful podcast about all things CSUF where you can learn a myriad of things about sex, about financial management, stress, anything under the sun. We got it. Thank you, Mirabella. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, my loves, for listening to this episode. I hope you've learned a lot and maybe it opened your mind a little bit. You know, I've always said, I want to open your mind and open your legs. Just (laughs) Especially the second one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, don't forget to play and have an orgasmic day. Do you need a lube that reduces friction but not sensation? Uber Lube is long-lasting, body and condom friendly, scent-free, and recommended by leading doctors.
Improve your sex life and use the link in this episode's description to the product page. Uber lube up and have an orgasmic time. Thanks for listening. This was, this was Love Bites. Love Bites. By Dr. Tara. Follow Dr. Tara on social media at lovebites.co. Have an orgasmic day.